Welcome to The Daily Drive with Josh Downs, a podcast where I'll be sharing principles and insights each and every day to help you on your personal journey through life. Things to better help you move forward from wherever you are to where you want to be. Hey everybody and welcome to The Daily Drive. I'm Josh Downs and this is a special Father's Day edition of The Daily Drive titled The Dad Difference. As someone once said, anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. Today I wanted to begin by wishing all of the amazing dads out there a happy Father's Day. And I wanted to share a few thoughts about the impact that good fathers can have on their kids, on their family, and on the world or what I call the dad difference. In the foreword of a book titled Dads Who Stay and Fight, Tim Ballard, the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, wrote about a time that he was sitting in an old rented house in a Latin American country while his team and him were working to set up their next undercover sting operation. His group was formed to take on child trafficking, and from one undercover sting operation at a time, they had been freeing kids from these monsters. He was flipping through a catalog filled with the faces of kids who had been sold into slavery. It was a catalog used by traffickers to buy and sell kids as if they were no better than a used car in an auto trader magazine. Do you imagine? Up to this point, they had freed nearly 700 kids from across the world. He had seen some of the very worst sides of humanity, some of the most deplorable circumstances that the human mind could conjure up. While looking at the faces in the catalog and with all that he had learned about these kids and this terrible situation that they were in, he writes, I knew what led them into this, and almost all of them had a common story, no father in a child's life. A child was vulnerable and left to be taken because their father, who should have been their protector and provider, was gone. He concludes his written foreword by powerfully stating to all the men that he hoped would read it one day, whether you are a committed father to your own children within your home or you're a father in the way you extend your arms to the fatherless, there is a butterfly effect that takes place. To be a good father is the most manly and godly thing a man can do in this life. Looking so closely at the face of evil as he has, he says, if there's one thing I could say to any father that reads this book, It would be this, pay attention, because you have no idea how important your contribution to the rising generation will be. In the most desperate way, we need fathers who are striving to be like the ultimate father, our heavenly father, who is constantly and consistently working for our good. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 24 million children in America, or one out of every three children, live in biological father-absent homes. One in three. No wonder we have the problems in our country that we do. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, a well-known leader in my faith, was alarmed by this same epidemic that is sweeping the world. In a talk that he gave, he referenced a book called Fatherless America, wherein the author states that fatherlessness was the most harmful demographic trend of this generation and the leading cause of declining child well-being in our society. Elder Holland went on to say of even greater concern than the physical absenteeism of some fathers is the spiritually or emotionally absent father. Every father to be a real dad at some point needs to be able to know the answer to this question. And the question is, what are you fighting for? 
Because make no mistake about it, being a dad is hard work and takes the very best of what you have to give. Every dad at some point will answer that question through their words and actions. But if a dad can find the answer to that question in their mind and heart first, well, there won't be a force on earth that can stop him. I remember watching a movie titled Cinderella Man, a true story about Jim Braddock, a washed out boxer that experienced the worst of the Great Depression. He at one point had to start from scratch to provide for his family, even borrowing money just to get their heat turned back on. He was lucky to occasionally get work at the docks, but through all that he went through, he never gave up and never gave in. Eventually, he was able to get out of the terrible situation that he and his family was in and started to box for a living again. But this time was different. This time he won and kept winning. In the movie, when one of the reporters asked Jim what had changed in the way he was fighting, he responded, I know what I'm fighting for. The reporter then asked, Yeah? What's that, Jimmy? (laughs) Jimmy simply responded, Milk. (laughs) In the movie, Jim goes up against one of the toughest opponents he's faced up to that point, Art Lasky. There's a point where Jim is taking quite a beating and really doesn't appear to have anything left. It's at that point that Jim takes Lasky's best shot, which sends Jim's mouth guard flying across the ring and brings him to his knees. The screen starts to fade to white and you think that this is basically it for Jim. But hazy images of his kids and his family start playing across the screen and you realize Jim is fighting for so much more than the recognition or prize money. His kids need him. His wife needs him. He can't go down. Not now. Not ever. He reaches down, picks up his mouthpiece, and with renewed energy, smiles at his opponent as if to say, bring it on. Jim is fighting for his family, for his wife, for his kids, for milk. I remember learning about the pioneers that crossed the plains many years ago, leaving so much behind them to find a better life for their families. I've read many of the personal accounts of those remarkable men and women and even children, many of whom suffered greatly through the ordeal. One of the accounts was of a man simply referred to as Brother Blair. He had been one of Queen Victoria's personal guards in London. With a wife and four children, they came here to follow what they believed to be true. Despite being worn out, starving, and exhausted, he, with the help of his wife, would push their handcart all day with their four children always inside it. According to one observer, Patience Loader, she recorded that this man had so much love for his wife and children that instead of eating his morsel of food himself, he would give it to his children. He died along the way, but thanks to him and his sacrifice, his wife and children all made it to Salt Lake City safely. The thing is, this story was not unique to just him. I learned through study that many of the men that died on that trek died not because they were weak, but because their love for their wife and their children and God was so strong that they sacrificed themselves for them. President Benson, a former leader in my faith, taught that once a man determines that it's a high priority in his life to see that his wife and children are happy, then he will do all in his power to bring it about. I'm not just speaking of satisfying material desires, but of filling other vital needs, such as the need for appreciation, compliments, comforting, encouraging, listening, and love and affection. 
Can you imagine what this world would look like if every father had that sense of dedication to the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being of his family and children? Do you know what you're fighting for, man and fathers? I promise you when it's all said and done, there will be no accomplishment you'll be more proud of in life than that of being a good husband and father. Every other recognition and accomplishment will fade over time, but not those roles. The impact for good and bad found from them will be felt for generations to come, and I would even dare say for eternity. George D. Durant, in his book titled Love at Home Starring Father, said this, I felt that if I left the company that I worked for, it would only take a month or so and then I would be replaced, and they wouldn't even miss me. But I was wrong. It only took a week. (laughs) Likewise, a man's golfing, hunting, and fishing partners all like his company, but even they could carry on quite well if he were not there. But there is one place where a man has no substitute, not after a month or a year or a generation. That is the place where they call him father. When he leaves the home, he is missed, and until he returns, there will be an empty, unfilled space in the hearts of his family. It is undeniable. A man's greatest contribution is made in his home with his family. Let us be fathers first and everything else second. Growing up, I was fortunate to have the kind of father that fought for me and for my family. That made every game I played in, that took me with him to work events, sporting events, hunting, fishing. I genuinely felt like he was my best friend because he was. Although he had other hobbies, other friends, other responsibilities, other callings, other things to do, I never felt any of them were more important than me. I have been complimented quite a bit for the type of father that I am to my girls, but truth be told, a big part of who I am as a father is because of the father that I had. Interesting fact, though, about my dad is that he did not have that kind of father, which goes to show no matter our backgrounds, we can still choose for ourselves the type of dad we want to be. I love seeing pictures of dads doing things with their kids. I have one friend named Sean that is a single dad with three daughters, and I'm always seeing him do things with them. I can see the smiles on their faces. I can see the way his girls look at him. You can't fake that kind of thing. But yeah, I know a lot of single guys try to put up a facade about being a great dad to attract women who thankfully recognize the value in that type of man. But if you look close enough, you can see through it. It's in the faces and the eyes of their children. And can I just share one thought about being a single dad? I guess that's a little bit of a rhetorical question. It's not like you can say no. But I definitely have a lot to say from what I've learned about being a single dad. But for now, can I just say how much I admire so many of the single dads that are out there, many of whom are my friends. I have another good friend by the name of Oren that has been with his daughter at every daddy-daughter dance I've taken my girls to. I've seen many of the other things that they've done together and the way she looks at him. My friend Cade spent a day recently with his daughter and her friends out boating. The smile seen on these girls' faces say it all. I spent a few days recently up at Bear Lake with some former work colleagues that are some of the very best men and best fathers I know. Their families have been blessed beyond measure to have them in their lives. My best guy friends, Ryan, Lorenzo, Brian, and Ryan, are pillars in their homes and the epitome of what it means to be a good father. They are changing the world for the better each day in the way that they love, shape, teach, and guide their families. 
In my own family, my brothers and brother-in-laws are the types of dads that inspire me to be better. The smiles they bring to their kids' faces and the way their kids light up when they come home or even when they just enter a room is so fun and amazing to see. There are so many good men and dads out there for all of us to look to for examples if we just look for them. And let me add this quick thought for those that are married or even divorced for that matter that want to be better dads. President Howard W. Hunter, a former leader of my faith, once said that one of the greatest things a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Let's show our children how a man can and should treat the woman that gave them life. Respecting and loving her will be one of the greatest lessons that you or any man could teach their children. And it's possible to still show them that and teach them that in divorce, by the way. And maybe even more important in divorce than ever. Always talk kindly about their mother. Do nice things for her, even, yes, in divorce. Show me the rules in divorce that says you have to hate, be mean, or speak poorly to each other. Don't act like a child in front of your children, men, in the way that you treat your ex-wife. Show them how a man acts. Teach them dignity, respect, honor, as best as you can in all your relationships, but in none so more than with their mothers. Again, there are so many good dads out there, but none more than my own. A man who is getting up there in years a bit that has to use a cane to get around these days, that more often than not can be seen sitting quietly in the background at most family gatherings. Although a little too old to swim or run around much, you can tell he is still just as involved in his mind and heart as he could be with his body. But don't let him fool you. Any of the easier activities like making candy houses at Christmas or carving pumpkins during Halloween, and he'll be the first one to pull up a chair to be with the kids. Despite his limitations, I know he watches still with the eyes that a true father sees his family with. Always watching out for danger. Always watching to see that the needs of each child are met. Always watching for ways to express his love and support to those he loves. Just the other day while sitting quietly at my sister's pool, watching the kids run and swim and play, I saw him stick his cane out to try to protect one of the grandkids' heads who came awfully close to hitting it at the side of the pool. Several times a week, he sends out little text messages to our family group texts with quotes and reminders of how to be better and how to survive in this world. Dad, the years have come and gone, but your love for your family could never be stronger. I hope you're also taking a moment in those moments to reflect on how much all of these wonderful memories and experiences that we continue to have are because of you and all the work that you've put in over the years. My father can't get around very well, but he has a Weber State-themed golf cart <laughs> that he loves to take the grandkids on rides with. And so you'll often find him driving his cart with three or four little kids sitting next to him in the front, a couple older ones hanging off the sides, and a few more hanging off the back as they head out into the golf course they live on to go for a little ride and maybe even try to find a few golf balls. I just love seeing that little golf cart packed with kids. To me, there isn't a time where a man more closely approaches Christ than when you see a father or a grandfather surrounded by his children, enjoying his company, laughing with him, hugging him. Whenever I see that image, I see Christ as he must have been at times surrounded by the children that loved him. Those children who could just tell that there was something different and special about this man. That here they felt safe. 
that here they would be accepted and here they would be loved. Now, I have a quick confession to make. I've never really liked the idea of Father's Day. (laughs) Now, hear me out. It's not because I don't think fathers shouldn't be honored, but because it's treated at times as a day where dad deserves a break, a day off, as it were. In fact, at my church just this afternoon, they gave all the dads ice cream cones and a place for them to all go sit and socialize. But can you guess what most of these dads did at some point? (laughs) That's right. We gave our ice cream cones to our kids. For those of us that know what being a dad is really all about, you know that taking a day off just isn't possible for us. I haven't taken a day off from being a dad in the last 14 and a half years since my first daughter came into this world, and I don't plan on taking one off until God says it's time to come home. And you know what? Even then, he knows he's going to have one heck of a time keeping me from my children and grandchildren because once you're a dad, you're always a dad. So thank you to all the wonderful dads out there. Keep those trophies, those mugs and pictures that say world's best dad out where the world can see them because those are the greatest awards that you will ever be given. Let's all keep working to be better men, better fathers, and better dads. Our families need us more than ever. Our kids need us more than ever. And the world needs us more than ever. And on a personal note, thanks, Dad, for all that you have been and all that you are and all that you've done. Thank you for showing me what it means to not just be a father, but to be a dad and the kind of dad that makes a difference. I love you, Dad. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and this is The Daily Drive.